right, folks. Welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. And I am excited to talk about this Denver Nuggets win as the Nuggets defeat the Detroit Pistons final score 107 to 103. Uh, if you're curious as to what's going on here, I rotated my desk 90 degrees and now you see a different view. It's a little bit of a different angle and I, I don't know if it's better, but hey, there's a there's a Nuggets thing back there. We can, we can talk about that. That's great. Um, I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please hit that like button, that subscribe button on the MHS YouTube if you can. If you're listening on the audio side of things, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Really appreciate all the love and support, of course. Um, I know why most folks are probably here, especially if they're coming over from Twitter. Uh, It is pretty funny to think about, uh, but it is what it is. I am very excited to get into this one. We will have plenty of time to talk about uh, my opinions on the Nicole Jokic and Michael Malone ejections in this win, uh, but I am going to save that for segment two. Segment one will just be about the win. Segment two will be about uh, the ejections and my sort of feelings on the Jokic situation in general. And segment three will be stock watch for this Nuggets team. Just whose stock is up, whose stock is down. I think it's a good time to kind of get into that a little bit, but should be fun. Again, thank you so much for popping in here and hanging out. All right, let's get into it. The Nuggets survived 107 to 103. Uh, there were some really good sequences from the bench in the first half, especially, but I think the win really does come down to the starters plus Christian Brown. Uh, when Nicole Jokic and Michael Malone were ejected, Malone in the first quarter. Jokic right before the end of the first half and end of the second quarter. Kind of reeling a little bit. The the team wasn't great. I didn't think that the starters were great. And uh, I thought that the the refs and just kind of everything that went into it was was definitely distracting. And I think that the team was fighting the refs, especially in that first half. And you could see once Jokic got ejected, you could see once, but not Malone necessarily, because obviously Jokic still got ejected after that. But once Jokic got ejected, it felt like the team sort of just breathed a sigh of relief in a lot of ways. And just to said it, they said, hey, we're going to focus on the game. We're going to focus on playing hard, getting the win, defending, running, doing the things that we know how to do as a really, really good basketball team. And I thought that they picked it up. I thought that Michael Porter Jr. was out of whack. I thought that there were some things in the first half, some weird Aaron Gordon plays for sure. Uh, But the two guys that are, there are three guys that really stood out. Michael Porter figured some stuff out. Aaron Gordon figured some stuff out, especially playing the four and the five in the second half, respectfully, respectively. Um, Reggie Jackson, KCP, and Christian Brown were awesome. They were awesome in that second half and deserve so much credit. They absolutely deserve a ton of credit for stepping up in those situations. Uh, Talking to some Detroit guys, KCP, Reggie Jackson, former Detroit Pistons. You you sort of forget that within the grand scheme of the NBA season a lot of times that 
there are a lot of former teams. A lot of the guys that Denver has gotten in these past few years have been cast-offs in different situations. Reggie Jackson kind of vilified at times in Detroit because he was deemed the star of their team for a period of time where they were not very good. And then KCP, a draft pick by them, and didn't necessarily work out, goes to the Lakers, wins a championship, and goes to the Nuggets and wins a championship. And I think a lot of Detroit fans were some of them happy, some of them sad about the situation, but those guys going back to their home building and being able to make a big difference was a really, really big deal. KCP's defense and just his ability to hit some shots when needed, so many of those kind of step-back twos, those dribble twos, hitting the corner threes when needed, those were big, big possessions. Uh, But Reggie Jackson in particular on the offensive end was awesome. 21 points, six assists, zero turnovers. Once again for Reggie, KCP, 20 points, three assists, two steals and a block. Uh, He was very, very good as well. Eight of 17 for KCP, took on a larger role within the offense. Reggie Jackson, nine of 15. He was very efficient within his opportunities and just did a lot of great things, especially in the second half for the Nuggets when needed. You needed those two guys in particular to step up and I thought that they were very, very good. And then Christian Brown, the other guy that I think we should mention, 32 minutes plus 21, plus 21 in 32 minutes. That means that the Nuggets in the the 16 minutes that he didn't play were a minus 17. And, And some of that is more circumstantial. Some of that comes when Denver wasn't playing at their best, especially in the first half. But Christian Brown played, I think, 19 minutes I had him at in the second half and just was very, very, very good. Uh, I loved what I saw from Christian Brown. And there was a dribble three that he had, or basically like a a catch and shoot three on the left wing in transition. And just shot it with confidence, shot it quickly and knew exactly what he needed to do. And it just is a great sign for Denver that Christian Brown has sort of taken this turn. He's going to be a star of our stock watch segment in segment three for sure. But I loved what I saw from him defensively. They hunt like Cade Cunningham hunted him a little bit in the clutch time and had some success against Christian Brown, but that's because Cade Cunningham's a really great player and he also had some failures when going up against Christian Brown. So I have been very impressed with those three. Uh, Zeke Najee even hit a three. I thought that there were some good sequences from Jalen Pickett and Julian Strother and Peyton Watson even in the first half, not as much in the second half because I think the stars of that session were uh, the starters. Michael Porter hit a three in transition. He actually hit several threes in general. And then Aaron Gordon, we can go over his stats here real quick. 11 points on four of 11. Still not shooting especially efficiently when the other team has two bigs on the floor. That's something that I think we should watch. But nine rebounds, including five offensive rebounds, seven assists, two turnovers. And that was doing a lot of the switching when he's the center, six foot eight, switching out onto the perimeter, and especially when he switches out onto Cade. Cade is six seven, six eight himself. So he's not really getting a mismatch in any way, shape, or form in those situations where Denver can't really do that with Jokic, but they could certainly do it with Gordon. And it's why it's such a big weapon in the playoffs, because how many teams are super excited to run their point guard sets and then get switched onto Aaron Gordon defensively? So It is a nice reminder, I think. This game is a nice reminder that without Jokic, 
without Murray, even without Michael Malone. And I thought, look, it's hard sometimes, especially from the couch, to say, okay, here's exactly what David Adelman did. Here's exactly what the Nuggets coaching staff did in his stead. But it certainly felt like the Nuggets were well run, especially in that second half. And they stepped up in a big way. And I, I thought that everything kind of came together for what the Nuggets needed to have happen. There were some slow parts with the offense, and certainly like, there's improvement to be had. But I still liked what I saw, especially from that small ball group that featured Reggie, KCP, Christian Brown, Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon. That is a group that Denver can go to in the playoffs. Jokic and Murray aren't out there. Cool. Let's, le- let's use the three other starters, as well as Reggie Jackson and Christian Brown. And there's a seven-man rotation right there. So Denver's going to need to find more guys than just that to get through the playoffs. But it was nice to see Denver's guys step up in a moment where you absolutely need it. Like, Detroit's got 11 losses in a row, now 12. You could not lose that game, in my opinion. And that was one of the reasons why I was so frustrated with Joker. But we don't have to... Well, we'll get into that in the second segment. But look. Continue to be impressed with Denver's perimeter guys. Sometimes it doesn't feel like uh, they have a ton of firepower, but then you're reminded that KCP can have a game and Reggie Jackson can have a game. And when those guys combine for 41 points, it makes things so much easier. So good stuff from Denver. Good stuff on the second night of a back-to-back. Obviously, they didn't have to struggle too much against Cleveland. Like That game was kind of out of range before they really had to fully commit but still had to travel still to do all those things and you're still in the midst of a road trip so nice to see Denver perform well in that moment all right let's take a break when we come back I know why everybody's here you're gonna want my my opinions on Jokic and why I was such a uh aggressive not aggressively not confrontational but just wasn't in line with how everybody else in Nuggets Twitter sort of felt last night. We will get to that in just a moment. But first, everybody, this podcast, as you know, it's brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Did you know that you could win a trip to the biggest football game of the year, courtesy of Superbook? Superbook will fly you and a friend to Las Vegas for February's championship game, and they'll give you two tickets to the game plus a three-night hotel stay. All you have to do is place a $25 same-game parlay between now and January 7th, and you are automatically entered into a chance to win that trip. So wager and win a super trip to Las Vegas, courtesy of Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. Jackson Roll, Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support. Uh, obviously, I have not uh, been in a great place in general over the course of these this last week. Um, it's been kind of kind of tough. Uh, just stuff that's like not basketball related. So I do appreciate all the support. It does mean the world. I don't like look. That's that's a personal thing. You guys come here for Nuggets coverage, and I want to give you the best Nuggets coverage I can. Obviously, over the course of this last week, I don't think that my 
my Nuggets coverage has not been as good as it could be. So I am going to do my best to figure it out and to get back to that good place. So thank you so much for all of the support in the meantime. All right, let's talk about Joker. Let's talk about these ejections. Uh, Last night, there was already some discussion among the Nuggets coaches, among the Nuggets team, about how Denver did not feel like they were getting a good whistle. And in general, Denver did not, like, I don't think they handled that particularly well, especially in the first half. Jokic has, like, he's his own entity in that, but there's a lot of guys that were complaining. There's a lot of guys, and Michael Malone was making stuff about it in in the huddles. Like, don't listen to the referees. Don't don't worry about the referees. Just got to play our own game and play hard. And don't be affected by it. And then Malone got ejected. And I wonder how much of that was calculated in general. I wonder how much of that was, hey, we are frustrated by the officiating. We are going to have Malone make an example of that as opposed to Nikola Jokic. And it was like David Adelman is very capable of of leading the charge and the Nuggets have a good coaching staff and they are very capable of leading in Malone's stead, especially against Detroit. I think that that was probably part of the calculus there. Malone blew up on Trey Maddox, I believe, and he was given two swift technicals and was ejected from the game. So I thought that that would be that. I thought that Denver would, in general, sort of recenter. They would figure it out. Jokic would calm down a little bit after getting the first technical that he got, which was on a free throw violation for whatever reason. And this was where my frustrating with jo- frustration with Joker kind of started from last night because I thought that was a nonsensical reason to get a technical foul. I did not think that that was a reason that Joker should go at the refs. I, I thought that, that hey, look, it was a, like, maybe he was right in that situation. And he, and honestly, Joker, 99% of the time is right about everything he sees about the court. Every single, like pretty much every single time. And I'm sure that this was a free throw violation that should have been called on just the Detroit guy. And that should have been like given to given Denver the ball. And there, there should not have been another point that should have been awarded to Detroit in that situation. Joker, I think was still had his, tempers kind of flared from the previous night against Tony Brothers, which who can blame him in that situation? Obviously, he feels like Tony's going after him and the refs are going after him, and he does not feel like he's getting the benefit of the doubt in these situations and is being maligned unfairly. And he collected a technical foul as a result. If I I, I think that might have been his first tech of the season. So again, benefit of the doubt. Clearly Feels like something's happening against him. Tough. Like, I I understand. He goes out of the game, comes back into the game. Denver is still kind of flirting with Detroit for a little bit. They go down a little bit. And Jokic is clearly getting more and more frustrated that he's not collecting foul calls. And that he's not drawing any free throws. And the way that Isaiah Stewart defends, the way that Jared Allen defends, the way that a lot of these kind of slower, not as athletic centers, but they're strong. Like they are guys that in general are going to frustrate Joker at times because they're going to play a more physical brand of basketball. And Joker's like, okay, this should be a foul. And and then he gets switched on to Marvin Bagley. Marvin Bagley's the guy that defends him. And in general, I thought that 
the initial foul that was committed wasn't so egregious when Jokic got into it, uh, sort of at that 120 mark, that 130 mark at the end of the first half. But Joker clearly thought it was egregious and that it wasn't called was an affront to basketball. And he reacted that way to the officials and kind of showed them up in, in that moment. I do, I do think he kind of showed them up. And the way that then the officials reacted to that probably wasn't great either. I think that Trey Maddox was the guy that gave him that second technical foul after Joker went over to him. Like, how do you not call that foul? What's going on? Probably said something pretty bad. And Trey Maddox decided, hey, we're going to eject you. Now, in that moment, my thinking of that was, you cannot get ejected against the Detroit Pistons with Jamal Murray already out, Michael Malone already ejected, and the team sort of not in a great place. And I, I thought that that was not a good place for Joker to get ejected because you can't lose that game. That's a game that you just have to win after losing the previous couple. You don't want to go on a three-game losing streak. Like, that's the worst possible thing for Denver at this stage because there's no reason. Like, they could have had a winning road trip. And if you start the road trip 0-3, that's not a great place to go either. So, look, I did not react to that in the right way. And as I mentioned at the top of the segment, I don't think that my mental was in a great place. And I think I reacted a little bit too strongly in that moment. I firmly acknowledge that. But I also think that Joker has to be smart. Joker has to be, he has to know how valuable he is to his team and that there's a lot of situations where he is more valuable than the than what the referees are kind of going at him for. And his temper has been high. That's true. After re-watching, after taking time to think about it, I think the Joker does have a point. I think, and obviously he does. Like, he is the best player in the world. He is a two-time MVP. He is a player who should be given this respect, who should be given the benefit of the doubt in these situations. And he should feel some kind of way about how he's getting zero free throws in a game like last night. Uh, A lot of the calls that are called against him are marginal at best. And when he feels like the refs are against him in that situation, he does feel like he he should be treated with some sort of reverence that any two-time MVP and, and champion should be treated. You're going up against the Detroit Pistons, for crying out loud. The Detroit Pistons now have lost 12 games in a row. The reason for that is because they're probably committing fouls. And for Joker, I have to imagine that he's certainly frustrated for a lot of different reasons. Part of it is, hey, Jamal Murray is out. There's a lot of pressure on him right now. There's a lot of pressure on the Nuggets right now. All of those guys, they know that they have to get a win. They know that things haven't been going that well, and they have to figure some stuff out. But I also think that Joker does have a right if he believes that the calls are actively against him or that refs are avoiding making correct calls because they are fouling him. Like That's obviously something that should be looked at. And if the Nuggets and if Jokic think that this is something that's like intentional or malicious or targeted or anything like that, then obviously they should have some beef. And I, I generally, when I'm thinking about the system, when I'm thinking about 
the referees, I'm thinking they are in, like they're supposed to be impartial. They are impartial. This is not something that should be a thing. But then you listen to like Draymond Green like get away with murder on the court as often as he does. You listen like LeBron James get away with murder uh, when he's talking to referees over and over and over again or yelling at somebody. And those guys get the benefit of the doubt. For some reason, Joker doesn't. Whenever he wants to make an example, whenever he wants to talk or yell or be frustrated or anything, he doesn't really get the benefit of the doubt. And that has to be frustrating. I do want to note that Joker's style of play, as the with regard to free throws, Joker doesn't, he isn't going to get as many calls as a guy like Embiid, as a guy like Giannis, because those guys go through the contact while Joker tries to hit the shot. Embiid will rake his arms through other arms and kind of game the system a little bit in order to generate free throws. Giannis will just charge headlong into somebody's shoulder. And if a referee doesn't call it, then he's going to go spraying to the floor. He's going to like, completely be frustrated. It is just like, I can understand why those guys will get more calls than Joker. But there is a difference between a blatant call where somebody is pushing Joker in the back or slapping his arm or doing stuff like that versus if he is, if it's just kind of marginal contact. I thought in general that Isaiah Stewart did a good job of guarding Jokic yesterday. And I don't think that he should have been called for marginal fouls. Now, James Wiseman and Marvin Bagley and guys like that, those guys aren't defending Joker if they try. So those guys should be getting called for fouls more consistently. It's tough because I want to try to be objective about this. And that's what I was trying to do last night, but obviously kind of digging into my stance just a little bit too strong. Uh, I don't think that Joker should be getting one free throw a night. I don't think he should be getting zero free throws a night. I think that he should be getting about six or seven. That seems about right. And and to be fair, like before these last two games, he had been averaging about that. So I'm a little bit surprised that his reaction to this was as strong as it was, that Nuggets fans' reactions to this was as strong as it was. But I do think that when it's one or zero or if Joker's generally getting frustrated by the officiating, then something is probably wrong. And he probably does have a point. And that is just completely uh, frustrating, I'm sure, to him. So, look, it was tough. It was a bad situation. And Denver still got the win. So, most important thing is that Denver figured it out. They This didn't hurt them. This wasn't something that they completely like screwed up. Had they lost, I'd be a little bit more strongly against what Joker did. But I also can understand making an example of it. I can understand being in a situation where Joker obviously should be getting the benefit of the doubt on whistles more. As a guy who shoots a floater all the time, not all the time, but he shoots a floater pretty consistently, rather than barreling into a lot of these opposing players, he can avoid contact and hit those shots and hit them at a 70, 75% clip. And that is going to avoid contact. It is going to avoid the actual physicality of it. And so in that little margin right there, 
is often where Joker doesn't get the calls. He also doesn't fall to the floor intentionally, and so he's not going to get those calls. He doesn't sell his basketball soul like some other star big men. So I am not going to sit here and say, yeah, he absolutely deserves like 10 or 12 free throws a game. Because I don't think he does. I think that his actual style of play is in that 6 to 8, 6 to 10 kind of threshold. When it's way below that and he's not taking threes and he's actually still driving to the rim and trying to do his normal thing, when he doesn't get those calls, it looks a little bit suspicious. I will acknowledge that. But I think Nuggets fans also have to understand that he is not going to draw 15 free throws a game. That's not his style. That's not how it should be called. There is a difference here. So, look, he has to recenter. Nuggets fans have to recenter. And I think they will probably send a letter. They'll probably send a letter. They'll probably send some sort of um they'll probably send some sort of memo to the NBA and to officiating to try to figure it out. Um, yeah. All right. You, you are getting banned, sir. Um, yeah, look, try to be objective. I am doing my best, but look, I'm not going to just sit here and say he needs 15 free throws because he doesn't like that's, that's not how it works. So we will see. We'll see how he reacts. We'll see how the Nuggets react. And maybe this is a one-time thing and you get it out of your system. You send a message to the league. The league is probably, like, he's probably going to get more free throws after this. And maybe that is sort of like the goal here. Maybe you take one for the team and it benefits you going forward. So should be interesting to see how this plays out. All right, let's take another break. When we come back, we are going to do some stock watch on the Nuggets and on their rotation and everything that kind of goes with it. All right, let's move past the free throws. Let's just do it because I totally think that this should be like... This should be okay. It's funny because I, I'm reading the comments here, and everybody is pretty like they're still pretty mad at me in general. Uh, but it is what it is. I, I, I'm not going to please everybody, and I know that folks just want me to sit here and say that Joker wants to, or that that he should get 15 free throws a game. Like I don't think that he should. I think that he should, like again, style of play. It is what it is. All right, let's do Stockwatch. Let's wrap up this segment with some Stockwatch here. Uh, I'm going to go through the rotation. I'm going to go through players that are playing consistently right now. And we are going to chat about just some of these guys. Stock up Christian Brown. Uh, Over the course of these last three games, he's 6 of 8 from 3. He was plus 21 in 32 minutes last night. He absolutely filled in. And like he did his job. He did he did the Bruce Brown role, if we're being honest. This is exactly what the Nuggets needed. Uh, this is exactly what the Nuggets needed, just as a as a player who could fill a role within the Nuggets system, who could take the ball to the rack, who could hit some threes, who could defend and do everything that he needed to do. Some good passing, some good cutting, some good defense. Uh, he like like Christian Brown has been 
very, very good over the course of these last three games. He gets a stock up from me for sure. Julian Strother, I'm going to say stock slightly down. Not really down because he's still a rookie. He's still trying to figure some stuff out. This is kind of the natural progression of that. There were some good plays, and I, I do want to point that out last night. There were some good plays from Julian Strother. The curl that he had into the lane and finishing up over the top of uh, the, the defense on, on a nice layup was very nice. Uh, that looked repeatable. That looked like something that he could do consistently. Floater wasn't really going down over the course of this last game and the game before, so got to get that dialed back in. The shots where he gets the ball kind of late in the shot clock, four seconds, five seconds, and especially when he gets into the game very early and just immediately chucks one up there, those have not been going in. And I wouldn't expect them to go in because he's just getting into the game. He's just getting involved. That's really his first touch is, hey, four seconds, you're at 28 feet, create something out of nothing. And rather than do something a little bit more, I think, intentional, Uh, just getting to the rim or getting to a closer spot behind the three-point line. He's been taking it at 28 feet and just isn't clearly isn't dialed in at that point. So look, I I think that just slightly down, slightly down, but I have seen enough that I like what Julian Strother is doing in general. Jalen Pickett, I'm calling stock even. I think that despite the fact that he was only, he only played seven minutes in this last game, but two points, two rebounds, one assist, one steal. Only took one shot. Not super aggressive in his minutes, but he was doing a nice job of kind of setting the table for everybody else, making sure the ball was moving. He was a plus one in his seven minutes last night. So uh, I think that when he gets switched out onto Isaiah Stewart, there was one play I think that the Nuggets were probably like, okay, we can't really have him out here for this particular section. That was when he got switched onto Isaiah Stewart. Stewart grabbed his only offensive rebound and, and of the game and then laid it back up. Asking Jalen Pickett to do that, asking Jalen Pickett to really box him out, probably not the right call, uh, or at least one of the the detriments of running the switch all system with him into there. But in general, I think that Pickett has been just fine. So he's he's done in pretty much exactly what I'd expect from him in this moment. So stock up, or stock even, excuse me, for Jalen Pickett. Michael Porter Jr., stock down uh, just a little bit. He in that first half was very out of rhythm, uh, just very out of whack in general on dribbling like into crowds and off of his foot and out of bounds for some reason. Uh, missed his shots for the most part. Missed a free throw again. He did recover in the second half, but this is kind of the moment, especially with if, if Jokic goes out and Murray is already out, naturally the responsibility would in general fall to Porter to pick up some of that scoring slack. And he did have some threes in in that second half. So I do think that there are some parts where he is bouncing back a little bit, grabbed 11 rebounds, played 38 minutes. So like, look, he, he was on the court for much of that time, worked through some of his issues and figured some stuff out. So good on him. He also had a nice uh, block late in the game on Isaiah Stewart kind of rear view contest right at the rim. So I, I want to point that out. But Porter, for whatever reason, not really seeing the floor that well, in my opinion, not really seeing uh, what his role and responsibility should be pretty late. And I'm still trying to figure out what he does for this Nuggets team, trying to still figure out what's going on 
for Porter going forward. But uh, naturally, I, I would have thought that he would step up as kind of that number one option, but it wasn't him. It was it was either Reggie Jackson or K- KCP. And for KCP, I'm, I'm saying stock up for sure. Like KCP's been great. And, and he absolutely deserves a ton of credit here. Offensively, KCP hadn't been good for the last couple of games before last night. But then he goes for 20 points, three rebounds, three assists. His defense is still very, very good. I saw the stat on Twitter. He's had a steal in 22 straight games dating back to last year. That's really good. That's that's really, really impressive. And his ability to lock in and do what Denver needs to be done on the defensive end is very, very important. He disrupts a lot of plays by going and hunting for the steals. He gets himself out of position sometimes when he is hunting for those steals. And there were some plays that I saw, especially in the first half where he kind of gambled and lost the gamble and then Denver gave up a bucket as a result. But in general, those are valuable enough plays and he's right most of the time that it is the right course of action for him to take those gambles. So I think that KCP has been great in general, eight of 17, two of five from three, making some important shots and plays. Good stuff from him. Aaron Gordon going a little bit of stock down. Stock down for Aaron Gordon. I'm still trying to figure out, kind of like with Porter, without Murray, it has been interesting to watch Denver's front court operate. Jokic, the, the three-pointer, he's kind of given up on a little bit. Uh, in Cleveland, he did not shoot a three at all. And then against Detroit, I think he went one of four, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, went one of four. Yeah, he made he made one of his final threes before exiting. Uh, that lack of spacing and then Porter not necessarily being in a great spot. I think Gordon is still trying to figure out where he fits into that to that situation. And when those three have been on the floor together, Porter, Gordon, and Jokic, usually it's a great thing for Denver. Usually it is a great, great thing. And I think that like. Gordon's still trying to figure some stuff out, like when to insert himself, when to call the the play for himself, but also what he does when he's off the ball. Because sometimes, like, you can't just be a weak side screener and cutter the entire time. Like, he's got to figure some stuff out. Um, And he's down to, I think, like 25% from three. He's got to figure that that spacing out. Um, But like, uh, like has been mentioned, in the comments here, uh, made both free throws in the clutch. Uh, he actually made three free throws in the clutch because he made the and one free throw as well. And and I do want like that's a that's a good that is a good thing that I I do want to mention. Of course, like and, and he deserves the credit for that. If that continues, if that persists, if that becomes the norm, then I will say stock up. But in general, like he's been at fifty percent from from the free throw line for much of the season. And I don't want to just sit here and say, hey, these three free throws right here make up for some of the bad free throw shooting that had happened in the previous game. So because they don't like he, he's got to figure it out. He's got to be a little bit more consistent than that. So good stuff from this past game for Gordon, especially from a free throw shooting perspective. And he he actually like he filled the Jokic role in a lot of ways. as the center had seven assists, did some good things, uh, but I still want to. Kind of wait and see what happens on that front. 
Reggie Jackson, stock up for Reggie. I mean, Reggie Jackson's stock is through the roof. Like that dude has been awesome. And I absolutely think that he deserves maybe not like a a six man of the year shout or anything like that, but he is one of those bench guys that stepping up for Jamal, like he, he started every single game since Jamal went down, which is now, I think, seven games. And Denver has been good in Reggie's minutes. And Reggie last night, 21 points, six assists, zero turnovers, nine of 15 from the field. He had the floater absolutely dialed in. So I think that uh, Reggie is like not somebody that I expected to be stepping up in this manner, but he was great. He was very, very good and deserves that stock up for sure. Zeke Naji, we're going stock even, hit a three last night. That was nice to see. That was definitely not expected. And I, I think that, so the play that they ran to get Zeke that three was just kind of a, a empty side pick and roll where Zeke then popped into space on that right wing or right kind of slot area. Not really the slot, really the right 45. And I can't remember who passed him back the ball. Might have been Jalen Pickett, but wide open shot for Zeke. He's got to be able to knock that down, and he does, and, and that's a great sign. I would love to see him continue to take that specific three more, where Denver kind of opens up the side, and it's such an easy play for teams to run most of the time because if the big doesn't sag into the paint, then whoever is the ball handler is going to have an open lane in, in that situation. So I hope that they continue to run something like that. I would like to see Zeke take that specific three every single game, at least once. And if it continues working, keep going to it again and again and again and force opposing defenses to adjust to it. Uh, Zeke, we've talked a lot about his three-point shooting. We've talked a lot about his, his spacing and why he's been rolling to the rim as often as he is. I think that Denver needs to find more ways to get him to pick and pop because if they do believe in his shot, He's a six foot nine, undersized backup center. That is the ideal player to pop into space. Absolutely. So I think that he has to continue to find ways there. There are some things that he doesn't do well, like his feel is still not great in my opinion, but he's been fighting on the boards. He has been doing a lot of different things. He switches onto the perimeter and forces guys to miss shots. And he's now plus two. I think last few games, immediately after I complain about it, uh, through 12 games, uh, Zeke had been a negative plus minus in 11 out of the 12. Next two games against Cleveland and Detroit, positive plus minus. So let's see if we can continue. Stock even right now, but potential for stock up for Zeke Naji. Nikola Jokic, uh, I'm going to go stock down with the understanding that this is not the version of Nikola Jokic that we normally see and that he has potential to go for 35, 15, and 15 in the next game. And probably will, if we're being honest. This feels like a moment that is ripe for Nikola Jokic to kind of remind the world, hey, this is what I do. This is what I, I how much I excel in these situations. But look, he, he didn't play that great against Cleveland, and he got ejected against Detroit. Like, I, I think I, I have to say stock down with the understanding that he will go stock up. I promise he will. Like this is this is not something that like he he will go stock back up in this situation. Please, please don't hate me. <laughs> um, and then finally, Jamal Murray hasn't played last seven games. Hasn't played. The Nuggets, I think, were six and one. 
in their first seven games in the games that Jamal did play. Since then, they are now four and three. So it would have been three and four had they lost last night, and that would be pretty tough. Um, I think that Jamal's stock is probably naturally up because I think everybody kind of understands now over the course of these past seven games, yeah, he is necessary. It isn't always perfect. It isn't always the right, like the advanced numbers aren't great, but sometimes you need somebody who just helps bolster different situations, whether it's the bench, whether it's just the non-Jokic minutes. Murray has done a pretty good job, especially this year in that situation. So would love to see him come back. Michael Malone told Katie Wingy on uh, the pregame before Detroit that he doesn't expect Murray to be back before the end of the road trip. So what that means to me is that, hey, he's trying to rehab, he's trying to come back, and he's just not really responding in the way that people are hoping that it would. So I think that they've got to take their time with that. You cannot bring Murray back too early from a hamstring strain. Like, it just can't happen. But I think everybody understands that Murray is now, like, he's been very, very valuable. So not having him, it is very clear that Denver's kind of entire rotation is put on strain a little bit. So hopefully they figure it out. Like, they have started to figure it out. Reggie has stepped up. KCP has stepped up. I would like to see Michael Porter continue to step up in this situation. But if he does that, if the Nuggets figure it out, they will be okay. And they're going to survive the month of November without Jamal Murray. It'll be okay. Uh, Next time that they probably see him, doubt it's going to come on the road trip. Might come in the in-season tournament if the Nuggets do end up making it. Uh, But they should continue to give plenty of time to Jamal to come back. So... We will see what happens, but folks, I think that is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Uh, really appreciate all the love and support. I know that I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I, I I don't try to be liked all the time, and I just try to be honest and what I'm seeing, and that's okay. Like you don't don't always have to like. There are different perspectives that you can get from situations like last night, but I'm gonna try to figure some stuff out. Uh, <laughs> Cedric says I need a haircut. Probably do. I, I definitely think that I need one, so <laughs> it's okay. Maybe that'll help me feel better, too. Just just get a nice haircut. Look good for the show. Uh, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate all the love. I will be back on Wednesday night following the Denver Nuggets game against the Orlando Magic. Uh, after that, I will take Thursday off for Thanksgiving, and then Friday we'll be back after the Nuggets face the Houston Rockets in an in-season tournament game. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast as always. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.